Will you turn with me, please, to the book of Acts? I know it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but really it's the Acts of the Holy Ghost. For without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Acts chapter 6, please. Beginning to read at verse 1. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude And they choose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. You know, the Lord will bless the reading of his own word this evening. Let us pray. Father, I do believe. I will believe that Jesus died for me, that on the cross he shed his blood from sin to set me free. We thank you, Father, for the giving of your beloved. We thank you, Lord Jesus, you went all the way and paid our debt in its fullness. We thank you for your precious shed blood still availing this very day, still cleansing from sin. Even after this morning's meeting, you cleanse a woman from sin. And we thank you, Lord, your word tells us Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. We thank you, you are the Lord that changes not. And with you there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We thank you, you are the immutable God. You are the blessed Redeemer, the one and only Savior. We thank you, Lord, that you have not left us orphans or comfortless. But although you ascended into glory, You poured out of your Holy Ghost. And you sent forth your Spirit into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And, O God, you live in us. 
He moves in us. And you direct us daily. We thank you, Lord, that we can say that I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. We thank you, Lord, you brought us into your banqueting house and your banner over us is love tonight. We thank you, Lord, that we're before you in love as the apostle has told us. And we thank you tonight, Lord, that you still in your immeasurable Amazing, abounding, irresistible grace draw us by your blessed spirit even closer to thine own side. And we thank you, Lord, that we are here. Those of us who know him, those of us who have been saved by grace through faith, we thank you, Lord, that we can say tonight, dear Savior, thou art mine. You're mine, mine, mine. I know thou art mine. Tonight, Lord, we pray that you would make that the cry and the call, the assurance, Lord, in the hearts of a man or a woman or men and women tonight. Wherever they leave this place, Lord, they'll not leave the same way they come in. They'll not leave lost and in their sin, but rather forgiven, And on the road to glory, to fellowship with Christ every day, and to know him as their own Lord and personal Savior, for to know him is life eternal. So Holy Spirit, will you settle us in our minds and hearts and in your presence and take up this man of clay lips, O frailty Lord, And use them for this few moments. Use my mouth, my lips. Use this vessel for the glory of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Be glorified tonight, Lord Jesus. Father, shut us in with yourself. Bind every distracting thought and every opposing spirit and bring it under captivity of the name of Jesus. To the glory of the Son of God, I pray and ask it. Amen. There are seven deacons mentioned in the Jerusalem church in our reading of Acts chapter 6 seven servants in the church and as we read there was a bit of contention between those of uh, Greece the Grecian women that if you want they were Israelites and in the Judaism and they had been saved and brought from it and the Hebrew women who had continued on the others were off the dispersion and here they're brought together and now there's a contention because Some think they're looked after more than others. Sounds just like church. Sounds just like human beings. And in 2,000 years, we haven't changed very much indeed. There are seven men mentioned. 
And there are three things I want to quickly bring to your attention about these seven men who have been mentioned in Acts chapter 6 and in verse 5. First of all, these men were saved men. Saved men. They were saved. Secondly, these men were selected men. They were selected. Selected by the church to become deacons in the church of Jerusalem. And thirdly, they were serving men. They served the church at Jerusalem. Notice here the number seven. Seven is an important number in Scripture. Numbers are mentioned throughout Scripture. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and His name one. One is the the number of God. And then we can go to two and three for witness and four for creation, four points of the compass and so on, north, south, east and west. And, And then five is the number of grace, six is the number of man, and then seven is the number of perfection and perfect completeness. And hence these men, there are seven mentioned to perfect the work of the ministry. To complete that which was needed in the church. Seven men to be seven deacons, seven servants to serve as the Lord, the Holy Ghost, would enable them to do. Notice here also the number seven for an interesting point. Seven feasts were in Israel. And they all depicted the Lord Jesus Christ before his coming. And we haven't time to go through them all, but we think of Passover when the Lord said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you to Israel when they were in Egypt. And Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us, the Apostle Paul said. It speaks and it was a foreshadowing and a foretelling of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which would take away the sin of the world or for all those who would call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. We have Passover, uh, we have uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread as Christ going to the tomb, rising again on the third day. The Unleavened Bread, uh, it, it gives the idea that there was no sin in him, yet he took our sin away from us. The old hymn writer saying, living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. And one day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. We could go on and we think of the Feast of Tabernacles. Behold, God has tabernacled among men in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So seven, we could keep bringing these sevens out. Seven feast days, speaking of the coming Christ, fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, there are seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 beginning at Ephesus, going right through to the last church mentioned, which was Laodicea. Laodicea, in prophetic terms, is they were seven literal churches, but they were seven church ages throughout time, from the time of the apostles of Acts chapter 6, right through time until this very moment. And Laodicea is the seventh church. It is the last church before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, 
Laodicea is the church that you and I are this very evening. The church before the coming of Christ. And it's the Laodicean church. They thought that they were, they were wonderful. And the Lord says to them, Behold, thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and in need of nothing. This is what the church says. We're full of prosperity. We have loads of money. We can do all sorts of things. With We don't really need God too much and our programs is enough to keep the church going and the Holy Spirit is missing. I'm rich and increased with goods and in need of nothing. And this is what the Lord says. But knowest thou not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? How Christ seen it. And that's the problem with this last day's end time church we're living in. When people can take or leave the Lord Jesus Christ. He said unto them that you're lukewarm. You're neither refreshingly cold or you're not hot. I word that you were one or the other, but you're lukewarm and you make me want to spew you or vomit you out of my mouth. He says to the church of today, in comparison to Acts chapter 6, and these men were full of the Holy Ghost. They were saved men. Paul tells us that if you and I have not the Spirit of God in us, then we are none of His. We are not Christ's. We are not God's people. We are not saved. We're not God's children. But in Acts 6 it says, these men were full of the Holy Ghost. They were saved men. And if you look at the very last name that is mentioned, the seventh name, Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Nicholas, his name is where you get your training shoe and your sportswear Nike from. It means in the Greek, victory. But Nicholas, is, it's made up of two words, and Nikos were victory, and it's a, a big long word, is the autokios. And this is what the last word means there. It means a Laodicean age man. And the seventh church in Revelation chapter 3 is the Laodicean age church. And Jesus says at the last time, Listen, and he's speaking to the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. Jesus says this to the last age church, to you and I. Do you know what Jesus wants in CET? Do you know what Jesus wants in your church if you're not from here? Do you know what Jesus wants in the, I'm talking about the blood-washed, the born-again, spirit-filled so-called churches. He wants in. He wants into the heart of the Christian to fellowship with him, to fellowship with her. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. Friends, tonight we can see the very last seventh man mentioned. His name means that man from the Laodicean time or Laodicean area, which is the Laodicean age that we're in. So seven is a very important number. Very, very important number. 
So just for a few moments, these three brief, quick points, the first point will be the longest, just to let you know. These men were, first of all, they were saved. They were saved. Are you saved? Didn't ask you to go to church. I didn't ask you to go to a chapel. I didn't ask you what you've done or were you religious or what people call now, and I'll put it in brackets, spiritual, because if it's not the Holy Ghost, it's another spirit. Your church can't save you. Your denomination can't save you. This church can't save you. This man can't save you. But we talk about, we preach a man who can. The Lord Jesus Christ and Christ alone can save a man and save a woman. And to trust in anyone or anything else other than Christ and what he has done and accomplished on Calvary when he shed his precious blood and died for us. To trust in anything else. Religion can't save you. Only Christ saves. Only Christ and Christ alone saves. Look, if you will, briefly in verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So to have the Holy Ghost, they are saved. They are saved. They have the Spirit of God in them. And they're saved. Surprise you how many churches in the Laodicean age that we're in have people in office, behind pulpit, and they're not saved. They're not saved. Because they're not saved, they can't point you to the Savior. Because they're not saved and they can't point you to the Savior, then you're lost. Are you saved? You might say, that's, a, that's an old-fashioned word, saved. Nobody really uses saved anymore. Well, the Bible uses saved. S-A-V-E-D is a Bible word, saved. To be saved by grace through faith in Christ alone is a Bible term, to be saved. I've picked a few verses out here and just jotted them down. I want you to listen and Listen carefully, for even in the Old Testament, and there's many others, but in Isaiah 45 and 22, God said to Israel, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Now here's the thing. If God, or since God, is a spirit, and since God is invisible, how can you look at him? How can you look to him? How can you see him? He's invisible. You can't. But he's telling Israel at this point, believe me for what I tell you through the prophets. Believe me and do what I say through the law and the commandments. See the manifestation of my glory. See the manifestation of my spirit. Look unto me. Trust in me, he's saying, all the ends of the earth. And be saved. S-A-V-E-D. Are you saved? Are you saved? Only the saved are going to be in God's glory. In Matthew 19, there's a rich young ruler comes to the Lord Jesus and he says, Good master, what good thing must I do that I may inherit eternal life? And 
Jesus says unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. In other words, he is recognizing God must be either with him or in him, or he is God, to call him that. And Jesus says, if you're saying it's in me, goodness is only in me, then you must be saying that I am God. And he is God. And the Lord Jesus says, keep the commandments, I'll paraphrase for time's sake. And he tells him some of the commandments. Now listen to his reply. All these have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? You're telling me to keep the commandments. I have kept them all from I've been a wee young boy. I've walked in them and kept them. See, there's his first lie because he's broken the commandment. It was impossible for him. And so he lies to the face of Jesus because it was impossible for 24-7 for him to keep these commandments. Jesus says then, go sell your, take all you have, sell it, give your riches away, take up your cross, come and follow me. And he walks away sad because he had much riches. And again, I'm paraphrasing. And the disciples looking at this, they asked Jesus the question, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? You see, the Jews would have thought that money, prosperity, equates salvation and God's blessing. And so they equated this. And if this man, this young man, who says he keeps the law, and who's rich, and God must have blessed him to have all of this, and, and I believe in the God's blessing, don't get me wrong. I came to God with nothing. I came to God a drug addict. I came to God an alcoholic. I came to God registered homeless. I came to God after being in a court two days beforehand. I came to God with absolutely nothing. So I know he blesses. And I know he saves. And I can also keep you as well. He saves and he keeps He's a wonderful saviour, isn't he? Who then can be saved? And the Lord Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. You can't save yourself. It's impossible. Well, that's the end of that. The door's shut, but he doesn't finish there. Praise God, he doesn't. He says, but with God, all things are possible. He says, I can save them. Because he dies for them, for men like me and people like you. In John chapter 3, we all know verse 16 so well. I'm sure maybe all of us or most of us can quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But here's the way it continues on in verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's a Bible word. God sent his son not to condemn, but to save. The girl sang tonight such love. What sort of love is this? That the king of glory would come and die for me sort of love is this that the king of glory would give over his golden fleece for a wretch like me. 
For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen to verse 18. He that believeth in him is not condemned. Praise God, I'm not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And what he's saying is this. Everyone's already under condemnation. The preacher doesn't need to preach condemnation. We preach warning, but not condemnation. We need to tell them we're under condemnation. But it's not up up to us to condemn people because they're already condemned. I was a condemned prisoner waiting to die on the broad road to destruction, on my way to a lost eternity, into a devil's hell, to stand before God to be pronounced guilty as charged. Take him away. But Christ came and he died for me. And so were you, brothers and sisters and friend. That's where you are without Christ tonight. Saved is a Bible word. Saved is a Bible term. Saved. Are you saved? Lord Jesus said in John 10 and 9, I am the door. Notice, by me. Not by your church. Not by the Roman Catholic Church. To say outside of it, there's no salvation. Not by the Roman Catholic Church. Not by any Protestant denomination. Some say, think if you're not in their denomination, you're not saved either. Listen, it's not by any Protestant denomination. It's not by any other religious creed. It's not by the color of your skin. You're not saved because your skin's lily white or whatever color it may be. You're not saved by any of it. You're saved solely on the merit of Christ. Saved through the blood that he shed. He says, I am the door. Christ alone says, by me, if any man enter in. Or woman, it's a generic term. He shall be. What's the word? You're hearing it tonight. You should be able to shout that louder than me. I'm only one, there's a whole lot here. What's the word? We're saved. You're saved. Oh, you're a rotten fool preacher. Ah, Well, that's okay. I'm a fool for Christ. I don't care. I'm unashamed. I'm unafraid. I never have been. From the day and hour that he lifted me from the pit. From the day and hour he dug me out from the merry clay. From the day and hour he set my feet upon the rock. And he established my goings. He's put a new song in my mouth. And from the day and hour he saved me. I've fallen in love with him. Are you saved? Saved from what? Well, you can be saved from self. But saved from sin. Saved from Satan. Saved from a lake of fire. But you know the worst is, saved from the wrath of God. Saved from the wrath of the Father. I must hurry this along. I love what Peter says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven. And it says there's no second name. The name of a a king or a president or a priest or a pope or a pastor No other name, the name of the rich and the famous. There's no other name can stand in the gap for you. 
There's no other name that is powerful enough for you. There's no other name in relationship with the Father but the name of Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be, what's the word? Saved. Saved. And he says we must be saved. We must be saved. It's like when Jesus said in John chapter 3 and verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God, meaning born from above. And then he says in verse 7, Marvel not that I say unto thee. Listen, you must. It's a requirement for heaven. It's a requirement for salvation. It's a requirement for you, friend, tonight. It's a requirement for you, sir, tonight and lady, tonight. Must be born again. Jesus said that. You must be born again. We must be saved through his name, Peter says. Saved is a Bible name. These men were saved. And if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're told thou shalt be. He's getting tired. <laughs> Come on. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be. Yeah. I want the devil to hear it. I want Gelford to hear it. Saved by grace alone. This is all my plea. Jesus died for all mankind. <laughs> but Jesus died for me. And he died for you. He died for you. The glorious Christ, the beautiful Savior, the wonderful Son of God, died for us. Yes, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace he is saved. Through faith, and that not of yourselves. Notice Paul says, not of yourselves. It is a, it's a gift of God. Will you accept the gift tonight? It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Let me get a drink or I'll keep talking and I'll dry up. Who said, I hope you do? <clears throat> Let me round this up. I know there's two other points, just quickly. These men were saved, but they were selected. <clears throat> and the disciples, they choose these men. So they had a testimony. They had a testimony. Christian, can I ask you? Do you have a testimony? Now that doesn't mean everybody likes you. Or else I wouldn't have a testimony. But do you have a testimony? A testimony that there's something about him. Testimony that there's something about her. There's just something about them. I can't put my finger on, says the unsaved world. They look and they say, there's something about them. 
glorifies the Christ of God. Has your testimony. You shall know Revelation 12, and this is what it says. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Oh, we can be washed in the blood, but our testimony would be useless. It could be useless. But I can tell you, to walk with Christ and to talk with him, like the hymn writer said, he speaks. And the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing, and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is Jeff mentioned about this Belfast look. I don't know what that is, Jeff, by the way. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Do we all walk like I don't know. <laughs> but I can tell you, you know, there's just, there's something about knowing him. There's just something about Knowing Christ as your own. Just something about having him in your life. Living in your heart. Just something about it. Someone said this morning that there was a, a lady here. And someone was saying, I was looking down and they couldn't take their eyes off you. Well, I thought it was because I was wearing a nice suit. I don't know. But her eyes were fixed, he says. And this lady and this man that was speaking to just out here, I said, you know, she doesn't speak English. Says, well, her eyes were fixed on you. And her words were, maybe she was just feeling it. You see, when the Holy Ghost comes, he... You, you, you sense it. Your heart moves with him. Your heart lives and is passionate about him. 
You fall in love with the Son of God. That's his chief office, to glorify Christ. And your heart just lives for him. And he moves you. And her words were, do you remember? And she used to go to Whitewell when I was there as well. And her words were, do you remember what the old bishop used to say? We used to call Pastor McConnell the bishop. Remember what he used to say? It's better felt than telt. And maybe it was better felt than told because you couldn't understand it. But God was doing something. Oh, time's gone. The word diaconeo for deacons, 1 Timothy 3. And you find it means to serve another for their interest. To serve another for their interest. And these seven deacons in the Jerusalem church, because the Holy Ghost was in their breast, in their heart, living in them. How can I express to you if you don't already know? How can I get it over to you? if you haven't experienced the, the joys of, of, of knowing the wonderful Lord Jesus, the, the, the joys of knowing the Lord Jesus as your Savior, the, the, the very thrill of having your sins forgiven, washed away by the blood of the Lamb. How do we, how do we put it across you? But we can't. But if the Holy Ghost is doing it tonight, And today or this evening, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. I love him. Do you love him? I love him because he first loved me. He loved me and he gave himself for me. Thank you for listening.